Amen. And as you are seated this morning, turn around and slap someone high five. Tell them it's going to be a great Sunday. what's going on. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> We're going to be the first ones at Crooked Arrow. We're going to pray. That's right. That's right. <laughs> These guys think they're funny. They think they're funny. Yeah, what a big April Fool's. Now, <laughs> I will find who's at the head of this. Where's, where's Carolyn? There she is. Here's what's sad. You know about 25 people just left thinking this was real. <laughs> I will never share my dreams again. Now, for those of you who are sitting here wondering what in the world is going on, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> now, I shared in confidence a dream that I had. I, I actually have it quite a bit, and it just, it's one of those dreams you just wake up and you're like, oh, I'm glad that's not real, where I'm preaching, and as I'm preaching, everybody just gets up and walks out. And before I'm done preaching, the whole church is empty, and I'm just preaching to myself. So whoever's behind that, thank you for making dreams come true. I appreciate that. You are fantastic people. Praying God blesses you in a great way. A great way. (laughs) You all need Jesus. See, I look around, I see some open spots that were not open five minutes ago. Their blood is on your hands now. Their blood is on your hands. When you get to heaven, and they're like, Jesus says, I gave them a chance to come to me, but you, 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 you caused the great. I thought the walkout was tomorrow. I didn't know it was today. I've been reading on Facebook. All right. Here we go. Forget all the lovey-dovey stuff I was going to say about how awesome you guys are. <laughs> We do want to wish each and every one of you a happy Easter. Across this entire planet today, 
We have people from all different races, ages, ethnic groups, social statuses, and from every kind of background that you can imagine who are connected right now celebrating one fact. And that fact is the tomb is empty, the stone has been rolled away, and that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has risen from the grave. Amen? That's why we're here. And that statement changes everything in my life. This morning, uh, as I began thinking about today, I began, uh, just the, the, the thought of 3D Easter came to my mind as I began working on this message. And how you know when you go to watch a movie, whether it be at the movie theater or on television or on the computer or on some type of smart tablet, um, most of the things that you are viewing, you're viewing in 2D. You see in height and you see in width. Um, so 2D is height and width, and a lot of things that we view, we view in 2D. But how many of you have ever been to the movie theater, or, or, or maybe you have a 3D home, a 3D television at home? How many of you have ever watched something in 3D? Now that 3D, when you add that third dimension, uh, it, it adds something new to the effect. And now you not only have height and you have width, but now you have depth. Now you have depth. Um, what used to appear flat on the screen now looks like it's actually, you know, like when you see rocks on the screen, the rocks are just rolling down a hill. It, you know, you're watching it in 2D and you can just see the rocks rolling. But when you watch it in 3D, it appears as if the rocks are actually rolling at you. And it's so fun being in a 3D uh, movie and watching people react and respond because you see people doing, doing you know, they're like doing the Matrix stuff, you know. They're, you know, ow. Um, but, you know, you, you, you see those things, and it's just kind of funny watching their response. And, and how many know that everything the enemy throws at you has been flatlined by what we celebrate this morning? Yes. By what Christ accomplished on the cross. Amen. But if the enemy can keep you reacting in 3D, if he can keep you reacting to his schemes and keep you reacting to his lies, then he can keep you and he can limit uh, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life. And so we're going to talk about this today, and I want to make a statement that just fits this weekend. It's in John chapter 11, it's in verse 25, and in that statement, Jesus said this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. This past Wednesday night, I had a student, we kind of talked about the resurrection for just a second, and I had a student ask me, on Wednesday night, a younger student, they said, Jared, what exactly does resurrection mean? So let me give you just a short-running definition, just in case you're kind of wondering that same question. Resurrection means this. It means something dies and then comes back to life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And when he said this, he actually said it in the context of a much broader story uh, about another guy who died. Have you ever heard a guy named Lazarus? So when he's talking here in John chapter 11, he's actually, he's actually talking in this context. And so I want to take the story of Lazarus, I want to move it to Easter today, and I want to give us three things, three ways that we die inside. In John chapter 11, verse 1, it says this, it says, Now a certain man, named, uh, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. And we're going to find out he wasn't just sick. We're going to find out he was so sick that he was about to die. He was from Bethany, and Bethany was the village where Mary and Martha uh, lived. And so in John chapter 11, verse 3, it says this, says, Therefore the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. 
This is bad news in the middle of a good life. How many of you ever know what I'm talking about? Bad news in the middle of a good life. And unfortunately, I can pause right here. And if we could just acknowledge just for a second that there are a lot of people across this place, across this congregation this morning, that you are celebrating some great things that are taking place in your life in this season. But let's also pause and let's understand that there are people who are hurting right now too. There are people who have had similarly bad news. In fact, maybe some in here have, have had those words spoken to you pretty much direct. The one whom you love is sick. The report came back. The doctor said this, and the one that you love is sick. Or maybe you've recently heard the news that your job is, that you love is going away. Or maybe your dream marriage has now turned into a nightmare. Or maybe a relationship, a friendship that you thought once held, held, you once held dear now has turned into betrayal. Or maybe the principal calls to let you know not that your child is on the honor roll. Well, let's move on. You know what I'm saying? Bad news in the middle of a good day. I can remember a few years back when we were pastoring in Sepulpa. There's a lady who called called me one evening and she was in just a frantic panic and um, her and her husband they had horses and they had carriages and and they were really popular in eastern Oklahoma they'd take their carriage and they'd take their horses and they'd ride in parades and they'd do different things and and uh, at Christmas time they would take it downtown Sepulpa and they would decorate it and they'd use it to give carriage rides you know uh, throughout the town it's just a real neat deal one one evening, Faye, her name was Faye, Faye called me, and she was in a frantic panic. She said, Pastor Jared, she goes, it's, it's, it's not good. And her husband, Marvin, he was in that carriage, and something spooked the horses, and it just messed everything up, and it threw him uh, over, over the carriage and underneath the horses, and the horses actually ran over him, and the carriage ran over him as well. And now he's in the hospital, and she said, Pastor, you've got to get to the hospital and so we rushed up to the hospital, and when I got there, uh, I found out that he had gone quite some time without a natural heartbeat, that the doctors were keeping him alive artificially. And before I went in to talk to the family, the doctor was there, and, and uh, he just began to talk to me, and he said, Pastor, um, he's not going to make it. And he said, I'm just telling you this because I want you to begin to prepare to minister to this family. We're about to go in, and we're about to tell them there's no brain activity um, and there's not much hope. And he said, even if some crazy miracle happens, he's been brain dead for so long that it won't be good. It won't be well. And so I walked in, and I remember thinking that day, I remember thinking, what am I about to say to a mom who has three kids and who the doctor is about to come in and tell them, daddy's never coming home? What do you say in that moment? Lord, the one whom you love is sick. We'll come back to that. Now, in the middle of this, Jesus, he says this, says something amazing in verse 4. He says, when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it. Let me give you a quick summary of verses four through, uh, 5 through 14. Basically, everybody believes Jesus is going to come help. Everybody believes Jesus is about to do something. But what does Jesus do? He does nothing. 
for two days, he doesn't do a thing. He hangs out. They're freaking out, and he's hanging out. That's what's going on. Two days later, he says to his disciples, he says, hey, let's go back to Judea. And they say, Jesus, you can't go there, man. If you go back there, everyone's going to try to kill you, man. We, we can't do that. We can't do that, which was true. And Jesus says, no. He said, this guy, Lazarus, he's, fa- he's falling asleep, and we're going to go wake him, okay? That's a metaphor. He's dead. We're going to go bring him back to life. And what I want you to do is I want you to look at three different characters in this story this morning. There's three different people who are dying on the inside. They're dying in three different dimensions. They have 3D going on in their life. And I just want to bring this, I want to illustrate this this morning. Thomas, how many of y'all remember a guy named Thomas in the Word of God? We know him as what? Doubting Thomas. Wouldn't that be an awesome way to be known throughout history? Doubting Thomas. You know, I'd rather be known as Handsome Jared. Right? (laughs) That's a dream, too, maybe y'all can make happen. Yeah. Work on that. But if you remember Thomas, Thomas we know is doubting Thomas. The first dimension, Thomas was dead in his doubts. Dead in his doubts. Thomas is in the story. In John chapter 11, verse 16, says, Then Thomas, also known as Didymus. <laughs> Thank you, Mom, for that. Didymus, right? If he was a rapper, his name would be P. Diddy. Right? <laughs> Thomas, also known as Didymus, he says this. He's sarcastic, doubting Thomas. And when Jesus says, we're going back, and all the other disciples say, no, we're not going to Judea. They're going to kill you, man. Here's what Thomas speaks up. Thomas, man, guy of great wisdom. Well, let us go with him that we may die too. Right? (laughs) Thanks for the faith. Right? (laughs) Let us go with him that we may die. We'll go with him and we'll die too. Let's just do it. Let's get it over with. In other words, he's doubting again, isn't he? Actually, he's beginning doubting here. It's never going to turn out good. Nothing good's going to come of this. I'm curious on this Easter weekend, how many of you would be honest enough to say that there are spiritual doubts or you have had spiritual doubts in your life? Because everyone I know at some point, including the man talking to you right now, has prayed some prayer, has believed God, has believed that God could, has believed that God would, and God didn't, and boom, we are bombarded with doubts. How do you know what I'm talking about? And so, or or perhaps you believe God that something, uh, you know, because something really bad happened to someone that you loved, and you thought, well, if God is good, why did he let this happen? Why didn't he handle this? Why did he let this happen? If he is all-powerful, why didn't God stop this? And suddenly we're like Thomas. There's something on the inside that's dead in our doubts. Well, maybe you're like Mary. Mary's in this story too. You're like Mary. You're not dead in your doubts, but you're dead in your discouragement. You're dead in your discouragement. You just don't see anything good happening. You can't seem to catch a break. Anyone ever said that? I can't seem to catch a break at all. I said that about ten minutes ago. Mary was discouraged. John chapter 11, verse 20. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary, she stayed playing Xbox. She was sitting at the house. She was watching Martha Bakes on TV, right? She didn't come out. She's like, why bother? I don't need to go out there. I mean, he's already dead. There's nothing you can do about it anyways. And that may be honestly where some of you are right now. You think, it's not going to change. I can't change anything. 
I'm always going to feel this. I'm always going to feel alone. I'm always going to feel depressed. I'm always going to feel this. I'm always going to be stuck in this dead-end job. I'm, always going to ha- I'm never going to have the marriage I thought I'd have. I'm never going to have the marriage that I want. I'm just stuck, discouraged. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Some of us, that may be where we are right now. We're not going to show it because it's Easter. It's Easter. We come in here. We've got our good clothes on. You come to church. Some of us, we know the Christian language. They ask you at the front door, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm fine. God is good. Right? You just, <laughs> thank you. You walk in here, glory to God, he has risen. Yeah, but you haven't. Come on. We're dying on the inside. We're discouraged. We're dead in our doubts. We're dead in our discouragement. Or maybe we're like Martha. What about, oh, Martha? She's dead in her delay. Dead in her delay. God took too long. Anyone ever thought that? Yes. God, you're taking too long here. You're taking too long here. You should have come earlier. I don't know why you didn't. You're taking too long. John eleven seventeen. so when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, why does this matter? Well, in this time that Jesus was living, there was a, uh, a commonly held belief that the spirit would stick around the body for three days when someone died. Okay? Now, this isn't a biblical belief, and it's not a Christian belief. It's more like a folklore. Okay? And a lot of people believe that. That if, if, if you passed away, that your spirit would hang around your body for three days just in case you came back. Your spirit could jump back into your body. Well, four days, your spirit's dead. And so in her mind, Lazarus isn't just dead. Lazarus is dead, dead. Lazarus is really dead. He was dead and then some. And so, so dead was he that later in the story, Martha is trying to describe the smell of his body. And I love what the King James Version says, because the King James Version says, he stinketh. That's a holy stink, Right? Is this he stinketh? I don't know. I don't go. I'm, I'm gonna walk around my house. Something stinketh, right? It just makes me feel educated. I don't know what it is, but I love that. It's a holy stink. Martha said he stinketh. His body has been dead for four days. By now he stinks. In John chapter eleven verse twenty one says, "Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. You took too long." Why didn't you come when you could have done something about it? And some people in here, maybe you can relate to this. You feel dead in your delay. You're waiting on some answered prayer, some result in your life. I know, man, we've got friends friends that are waiting on marriage. We've got friends, you know, young men and young women, they're waiting on marriage. And they've told me, man, I'm serving God. I love God. I passionately worship God. You know, and all my friends, man, they're getting married and I'm I'm just here, right? All my friends, they're going out to the club. They're doing the jiggy jiggy at the club. And here I am. I'm just here. I've been serving God all my, I don't even do the jig, much less a jiggy jiggy, Right? (laughs) And they're all getting married. They're all finding the one. And here I am. I'm lonely. I've got a cousin right now. They're trying like everything to have a baby. They've been trying for a long time. They're trying to have a baby. And it seems like, and she told me, it seems like everyone around me is having a baby right now. 
Everyone, people who aren't even trying to have a baby. People who shouldn't be having a baby are having a baby. And we're praying and we're saying, God, help us. We want a child. We want a kid. How many know what I'm talking about? God, why? Why is this not happening? Some of you, maybe you've been praying for a loved one to develop a relationship with God. And it seems like the more you pray, the farther away they get. And you wonder, God, why? I know a lot of people, they're praying, they're believing that God would heal someone. And we serve a God that says all things are possible. And we pray and we pray and we pray and nothing happens. And we find ourselves feeling dead in the delay. If that's you this morning, I hope this will speak to you. And I hope that you will never, ever forget that God's delays are not God's denials. And just because God hasn't done something yet doesn't mean he's not doing something. We're going to get into it. In fact, as I was studying this week, I noticed something about this story. In John chapter 11, as I began to open my Bible at home, um, I noticed that it was on page 1336 in my Bible. This whole story is on 1336. Everybody say 1336. 1336. And I noticed something really interesting. I noticed that everything bad happened on 1336. Lazarus died, Thomas freaks, Mary's depressed, Martha's mad. Everything bad happens on 1336. And then I turned the page. Everything bad on 1336. And one page turned, the whole thing shifts with the very first line of 1337. And that's the very next verse, verse 22. Martha says, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Oh, we're about to get our shouting shoes on. Get your hankies ready, right? She looks at Jesus and she says, I know even now, even though we're dead in our delay, even though we're dead in our discouragement, even though we're dead in our doubt, God, I know that even now, whatever you ask, your Father will give to you. Some of us now, we need an even now moment with God right now. Right. Right. So I thought we'd be shouting right there. Some of us, we need an even now moment with God right now. We're stuck on 1336, and I'm telling you on this Easter Sunday, it's time to turn the page to 1337 and let 1337 faith come alive back in your life. Let resurrection happen in your life. Let something that was dead be brought back to life in your life this morning. How many know what I'm talking about today? 1336, flip the page and go to 1337 and see that God will show up. Woo, we're about to get into it. All right. All right. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? That's just introduction. Let's get to the sermon. This is exactly what happened in that hospital room. Y'all thought I forgot about that story, didn't you? Because as we're sitting there, I'm preparing my mind to think, how do I pray for comfort for this family? How do I begin to minister to them? I was 28 years old at that time. I'm, I'm 37 now. I'm so much wiser now. So much wiser. So much larger. <laughs> I don't know why y'all are laughing. That's not funny. I've just developed a greater capacity for potential. That's all I 
And so as I walked in that hospital room thinking, okay, how do I pray for comfort for this family? How do I begin to minister to them for comfort for that husband, for Marvin, who was essentially dead? Something rose up in me in that moment. It was one of those even now moments. That even now in the midst of all this, even now when the doctor said, hey, there's no way, even now, that if God chose to, God could reach down and God could touch his body and make him whole. And instead of grabbing hold of his hand and his family's hand and saying, God, man, just be with them in this time. I grabbed hold of his hand and I grabbed hold of Faith's hand and I said, God, I know you're a God of miracles. And God, in this moment, man, we're just asking that you would come into this room and you would do what the doctor said is impossible. God, with you, all things are possible. And faith began to rise up in me as I grabbed hold of those seemingly lifeless hands. And I'm here to tell you, those doctors, man, they come in and they were absolutely and totally convinced there was no way he lived. And even if he did, there was no way that he would live a a, a, a good life or the brain damage would be there for sure. I want you to know two weeks from that day, Marvin walked into our church. He sat on the left side, right back in the middle. He had his hands worship. He was praising God and he was completely healed. God had ministered to his body. There was not one broken bone in his body in that whole time. God reached down and touched him because 1337 faith come alive in a 1336 situation. How many know? Yes. Oh, this is good. We should take up the offering after this. Some of us, we need that even now moment. Even now when you're discouraged. Even now, the presence of God can come into your life and build your faith. Even now. Even now, you may have some crazy, messed up family. And even now, God can bring healing and wholeness and harmony and forgiveness and restoration in that situation. Even now, even now when all things look impossible, we serve a God who says with me all things are possible. Even now, yeah. even now, even now when your heart may be cold and callous toward the things of God, God can soften your heart and draw you into his presence. Even now. There is something about him that something when it is dead, it does not stay dead because he's an even now God. Go to verse 23. I'm wrapping up here. I'm wrapping up. That's my first closing. We're about 20 minutes away. Jesus says this. He says, Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I, I know he'll rise again. He'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says, no, no, no. So Martha, you're missing something. I am the resurrection. And I am the life. I am the resurrection. And I... Notice he doesn't say, I have the ability to resurrect. He said, I am the resurrection. And then he says this, he who, believes, who, he who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe it. If you believe he is who he says he is, I want you to put your hands together right now and I want you to make some noise for a God who says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Come on. Come on. 
And here's what I want to shout to you this morning. We're not here. We think we come here to celebrate an event, the resurrection. No, we come here to celebrate the man, the resurrection. Because he says, I am the resurrection. Not I resurrect or I do resurrections. He says, that's who I am. See, when you get in the presence of I am the resurrection, whatever is dead in your life cannot stay dead. It has to come back to life because he is who it says he is. He is the I've had dreams and I've had goals and I've had hopes and I've had relationships in my life that were dead. But when Christ came in, when I allowed Christ to come back into those situations, those areas of my life, those things couldn't stay dead because he is the resurrection. He is the life. He is the one who breathes into every dead thing in my life and brings it back and gives me hope and gives me peace and gives me strength. He is the resurrection. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, on this Easter, I know what you're thinking. Man, I wish you'd get excited about something. On this Easter, I just want you to remember that Christ has rolled the stone away. And that same voice that called Lazarus to come out is telling you, come out. It's telling you, come out. My sins can be forgiven, not because I'm good enough, but because he's good enough. I can be set free, not because I'm strong enough, but because he's strong. The resurrection is not what he does. It's who he is. Some of us were stuck on 1336. But I believe you're walking out here on page 1337. I believe that with all my heart. I've been praying that all week. And check it, on 1337, I'm not telling you everything's perfect. I'm not telling you on 1337 everything's healed and everyone lives forever and your hair never falls out. You have the perfect body and you win the lottery. I'm not telling you that at all. What I'm telling you is on 1337, God always is glorified by what happened on 1336. We we, we, we missed it. God is always glorified by what happened on 1336. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. And the life. Some of you right now, you're dead in that delay. You're dead in that discouragement. You're dead in your doubt. And you come to church, you know, and sometimes you come, and if I can just be real with you, we come, we pray, read our Bible, you know, do things we're supposed to do. And can I just be real with you sometimes? Sometimes it feels like nothing's happening, right? Like nothing is taking place. God, I still feel this. I still feel discouraged. God, I still have this doubt. God, I still, I'm still stuck in this delay, and you keep coming, you keep coming, you keep coming. But I just want to tell you something. Anything that's worth doing is worth doing well and is worth doing continually. So you keep coming to church, and you keep getting in your word, and you keep getting in your prayer time, okay? You keep getting with God, and watch what happens. All those things that are in your life, they begin to come out. All those things that you had an identity held to, they begin to come out. But now, let's pause for just a second, because let's get really real here. What happens when you're better than you used to be 
And now you're comfortable where you are. What happens when you're better than you used to be? And now you're comfortable where you are. See, this is where a lot of people are living right now. Right here. And if I was to ask the people in the back, hey, what can you see from the back? They could say, hey, I see those ping pong balls. They may not even be able to tell there's something underneath. It just looks clear. Y'all hear how quiet it got right now? Cricket, cricket. Yeah, I get the last April Fool's. <laughs> From afar off, what's more visible? And this is where, this is where so many of us are living. Because we're, we're right here. And people see our hang-ups. They see our inconsistencies. They see the things that still aren't lining up. And, and here's where we struggle. Because we're better, we, we've asked Jesus into our heart. And so we're better than we used to be. But we're still not where we're supposed to be. But we're comfortable. We're comfortable making the posts on social media. Oh, come on, somebody. We're comfortable, why, oh, come on, somebody. We're comfortable talking, the, oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I'm not even looking. I know I'm getting glares from my wife. Just kidding, baby. I love you. April Fool's. <laughs> um, but here's where we're at. We're, we're comfortable. Better than we used to be. But man, so much more still ahead. Don't be judged by that. Don't be judged by anything that anyone throws at you. Don't be judged by those inconsistencies. Don't, don't be judged by that. Keep letting God pour into your life. Keep coming to church. Keep getting in the word. Keep getting in your prayer time. Oh, I got to back up right here because I know I need backup. So keep doing it. And watch what happens. All those things in your life, they begin to flow out. They begin to come out. They begin to come out. <laughs> There's a stinking lip right there. <laughs> come out in the name of Jesus. Something you just got to cast out. You know what I'm saying? You just got to, in the name of Jesus, you got to. Now, now, hang, hang on, hang on, because we're not even the good part yet. See, this is my favorite part. Oh, this is my favorite part. When the lies try to come back into your life, when the enemy tries to tell you who you're never going to be, what you're never going to do, how you're never going to make it, you're always going to live there, you're always going to live discouraged, you're always going to live in doubt, you're always going to do it. Here's what happens. Those lies come into your life. Yeah, now you do it. It stays right there. It stays on surface level. The enemy wants to push it down deep into your spirit, but it can. It comes right back up because your life is now filled with the spirit and the presence of God. Woo! How do you know what I'm talking about? How do you know where I'm living at today? Come on, somebody. That's my favorite part. We, we, we got so many that are living half and half, and God's saying, hey, just keep letting me pour into your life. Don't get discouraged. Don't get delayed. Don't live in doubt. Keep pouring. Keep coming. Keep praying. Keep reading. I am the resurrection. I will bring you back. I've got you. You believe that this morning? 
What area is it in your life you need resurrected today? Is it a relationship? Is it a hope? Is it, is it a, is, what, what is it? Is it a job situation? Is it a friendship? Is it a dream that once was there? Is it a calling that once was in your life? What is in your life this morning that Jesus can step in and say, hey, I'm the resurrection and I'm here, baby. No more death. I'm bringing you life today. I'm bringing you life. Stand your feet with me this morning. I know today there are those here. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. I know there are those here that are hurting right now. I know there are some that are struggling. Trials in your life that you're facing. And I just want to take a moment. If that's you and you say, Jared, man, I need prayer. I feel that discouragement. I feel that delay. I feel that doubt. That's where I'm at. Why hasn't God done anything yet? I thought he would by now. Well, just between you and God, as an act of faith, you'll say, God, this morning, one more time, I'm going to step on faith in 1337. I'm going to step by faith. And I'm going to extend my hand to you one more time today. God, I'm going to ask you to resurrect this dead area in my life. God, give me hope. Give me peace. Give me joy. Give me life, because right now, God, all I see is death. Right now, all I see is struggle. Right now, all I see is heartache and heartbreak. God, give me life. That's you this morning. Would you just slip your hand up on the count of three? One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Hallelujah. Ah, hands going up all over the place. Jared, this is where I'm at. I've got doubt. I've got discouragement. I've got delay. Listen, answering this call doesn't mean you're not saved. Because as Christians, we walk through those three Ds. And this morning, you might be viewing the resurrection of Jesus in 3D. You might be view viewing his resurrection in all three of those. Doubt, discouragement, and delay. Today, he wants to bring hope back into your life. You're not here by accident. God set this appointment up with you to speak to you today. Anybody else, just slip your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, sir. Yes, thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Father, right now, Lord, you see every hand that was raised in this place. And God, I thank you that you are so good and you're so big that you know the intimate details of every situation of our life, every person here, and every person who has a need in their life. And God, I pray that by your power that you would intervene even now. 
God, even when it looks like all hope is gone, God, even when it looks like that this is the end of the road, God, even now, those who are hurting and those who feel alone and those who feel despair, God, even now, God, they're on 1336. And on that page, everything doesn't happen the way we want it to happen. But God, I thank you that you work together all things for our good, for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So God, I pray for those in here who are on 1336. God, I pray that faith would rise up. And God, some just need to believe that there is a 1337 right now. Some just need the hope that 1337 is actually there because it's been so long. And so Father, right now I ask your blessing over every person. God, you see the doubt, you see the delay, you see the, the discouragement. God, you see what they need this morning. God, you see what they're facing. God, I thank you this morning. You have called them out. You have singled them out. And you're speaking to them right now. In Jesus' mighty name. As you keep praying this morning, I love this question that Jesus asked at the very end. He said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Then he said this. He said, do you believe this? Do you believe this? that same voice that called Lazarus out of the grave on that day this morning may be asking you in your heart do you believe this do you believe I am who I say I am do you believe I can reach into your past and I can forgive you do you believe that I can make all things new in your life maybe you're here this morning God wants you to know it doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter your past doesn't matter how far away you feel like you are from God this morning he's found you and he wants to wrap his arms around you and bring you into a relationship with him doesn't matter how bad you feel that you've messed up he covered it he took care of it that's why we celebrate today because the cross of Calvary the blood was shed and three days later he arose so that we can rise too. So this morning you're here and you would say, that's, that's me. I want to ask Jesus into my life. Maybe it's for the very first time or maybe it's a rededication. Maybe you know you're not living like you should right now. And today you just want to rededicate. You want to get things right. You know things aren't right right now. Today's your day. Today is a day of resurrection for your life, for your spirit and soul. So if that's you, on the count of three, will you just slip your hand up? One, two, three. Anybody in this place? Yes, thank you, sir. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Yes, thank you, ma'am. your hand. I want you to know this. It's not about getting these words right. 
It's about this moment as we get your heart right, as God gets your heart right, as God does a special work in your life, in your acknowledgement of your need for him today. But everyone in this place, will you pray this prayer with me? Pray, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Make me brand new. I believe you died and you are risen so I can be forgiven. And so now I can serve you. So fill me with your spirit so I can follow you for the rest of my life. I thank you for new life. Today I found it. I grabbed hold of it. And I will never let it go. <laughs> never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for what God is doing in this place today.